Okay. Awesome. <laughs> We're here, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I almost just said, let me get my bearings straight. And every time I say that, it reminds me of Eric because <laughs> I don't know why. I, 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 I think he started saying it a while mm-hmm. ago anyway. Then I was like, I shouldn't say that. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it feels like. It's, Yeah. Listen, you guys, we're very sorry. <laughs> we're, we're chaotic. Why are we today. sorry? Well, <laughs> we're we're doing just fine. That's true. <laughs> we're doing just fine. <laughs> oh my gosh! No matter that I should actually be working right now, and uh... or that my husband. If you guys hear loud noises, it's because my husband's laying tile while I sit in our office and I podcast from the comfort of a recliner. <laughs> I feel really guilty. <laughs> I mean, is there could you actually be helping him though? I mean, not really. Yeah. So, you know, I'll get You're to fine. yeah. I mean, I'll be scrubbing <laughs> the grout off the floor later, so I guess it's yeah. it's give and take. Yeah. Um and then you'll ja- have your portion. Yeah, later and on. Jack's sleeping on the chair next to mine, so I'm hoping he just stays chill, but you know, you guys seem to appreciate that I just let him bark in the background last week, so <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyhow, all that to be said a minute and a half in. Welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. Hello. Welcome. Hosh, hosh, Geldenes. I'm Ashley. I'm Kristen. And we're talking about Senchal Kapama 9. And I felt a lot of things. Uh, And it's funny because I didn't get what I wanted. Or I I should say, like, my prediction wish, Mm -hmm. which I sort of kind of already set myself up, like, to not not expect it. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I still think this might be one of my favorite episodes. Four is still, like, up there, but this one's, like, right there with it, despite Hmm. the fact that it didn't have an ending where they're, like, kissing each other's faces off or anything like that, but. Right, but we, we still had some really good stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, before we start talking about it, I am going to share a little quick quip about lemons that Hannah sent in. Because, of course, you guys know why I'm about to read about lemons. <laughs> and if I have to explain myself, you clearly did not watch episode four yeah. or – uh six was it six or this episode or this episode mm-hmm. so hannah sent this to me i don't know where she got it but i'm guessing google and it says the lemon has come to symbolize many sometimes opposing ideas depending on the cultural reference point sometimes it's considered a symbol of long longe- longevity that's how you say that right yeah that's right longevity uh purification love and friendship and other times it's seen to it's seen to be symbolic of bitterness and disappointment catholic tradition linked linked the fruit to fidelity because it was imported at great expense to some countries it also became a symbol of wealth so i just wanted to read that little quip um and when we get to the whole terrarium thing later our wonderful, lovely Susie did some research for us so that we didn't have to. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well, I did research. Oh, did you? <laughs> uh, I guess I should have. I guess I should have told you. Hey, guess what? Susie sent yeah. us this. Oh, I totally did a deep dive with the terrarium. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to also share something that a listener named Monique sent us. She said that she had just finished the podcast on episode eight. She said it was amazing as always. Thank you. Um, she loved the observations about the desks between Sercon and Khan, which of course we can't take credit for, but we loved them too. Mm-hmm. She said, I just wanted to also note that we keep on seeing Sercon having flashbacks of his time with Ada during certain things, but we don't see that happening when he's with Celine. She's like, all, all we ever know is just from verbal accounts, hmm. which, is, which is odd as Sercon claimed that Celine was, quote, perfect for him. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't see a single event from his memory highlighting this perfection. So she says the thing that makes me happy is that it happens with Edda. So and yeah. obviously we are inclined to agree. So yeah, his like, subconscious obviously knows what's going on in his heart, even if he doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean he was having flashbacks, like in the you know in the car last week with Celine mm-hmm. in the top down. You know he thought back to Edda actually enjoying that. So it would yeah. stand to reason that certain things when he's with Edda, it would he would have a flashback of maybe something similar with Celine, but he has hmm. not. So I just enjoyed and appreciated that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's so really good point. yeah. Um, other than that, I I don't think I had actual housekeeping or announcements or anything. So I mean, we did just hit a thousand followers on Twitter. I was gonna say we should mention that. Which. And- say a huge thank you to you guys i mean i know we've we've been doing this for a year and a half now and i know that the dz community is small yet mighty yes (laughs) so the fact that we have a thousand followers to me is just unbelievable yeah no i completely agree i mean we've always said like we're doing this for us first because it's Mm -hmm. fun and like we'll always have this stuff to like look back on and listen to you know, so whether we have like 10 listeners or 100 listeners or a 1,000 listeners, like that's not really what it's about for us. But yeah, it's just mind-blowing to think that there's a 1,000 of you on Twitter who like enjoy interacting with us and talking with us and following us and listening to yeah. our ramblings every week. Like, I mean, we even – I got a message this morning on Instagram from a girl who was like, um, I'm eagerly awaiting Senchal Kapama episode <laughs> 9 – do you know when you're going to upload that? <laughs> you guys, chill. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I love that you guys are like refreshing your podcast so feeds. funny. Like, looking- I know. I guess we've – I guess now it's like, when will they upload? Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows. Like, like yeah. Because last is- – yeah, we were super regular. It was every yep. single Wednesday last year. Yep. Now it's just <laughs> a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. Just when we can. So <laughs> we're trying to be more consistent, but yes. we still can't promise anything. Even if like for four weeks in a row we upload on the same days, like yeah. there's no guarantee the fifth week will provide that. So yeah, I was like, I promise it'll be up before the new episode airs. I just can't tell you when that will be. Right. <laughs> But yeah. before Wednesday, and when 10 airs. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I'm totally kidding about the chill. Like, that's <laughs> that's so flattering that you guys are 
waiting for the podcast. I know. I know. I love it. That's why I was like, I, yeah, I try to reply when we get messages like that. But yeah, the thing is, if you don't see a new episode and it's close to the next episode of the DZ airing, more than likely the episode for us is coming soon. So yeah, totally. Anyhow, but I said to mention that because I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. Usually we get messages like that for Bayonlish. They're like, when's Bayonlish being uploaded? That's, that's true. So yeah. I was like, yeah, so this one was um, this one was asking for Senshal Kapama. Although I can't blame them for Bayonlish. I feel like for that one, we've released it all crazy different times. So they really don't know when that one's coming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that was it though. So um, we can... Oh, oh, you got I, something. I wanted, to, I wanted to tell that story. Now, you already know this. Okay. <laughs> but I thought that they would appreciate this story. So <laughs> it's no secret that I love a good sweet baby angel. And mm-hmm. my very first sweet baby angel of Turk DZ was uh, Ali or Osman from Arkanji Kush. And I have successfully trained all of our podcast listeners to tag me (laughs) over to post and let me know if he has a new post up, Uh just being very gracious and letting me know. Well, recently I was on Instagram and I was on our Dizzy for Dizzy profile (laughs) and I saw that Ali had a new picture up. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I'm sharing it to our stories. And I go to send it and to share it on <laughs> oh, <our> this story. <laughs> I know where this is going now. Okay. <laughs> and I'm typing, way to murder me, <laughs> Osman or Ali. I can't even remember. I think I, ju- I might have even just said, way to murder me. Thanks so much. And my husband walks up <laughs> behind me and sees what I'm doing. And he's like, way to murder. What are you doing? <laughs> And I freaked out and I <laughs> I just shut shut my phone. I like uh, turned it off. And like you I were up like, to nefarious things. Yes. Yes. And I was like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I said, I'm not telling you because it's a podcast thing and you won't understand. He's like, are you being, are you doing like something sketchy right now? I was like, no, no, I'm not telling you. <laughs> Poor Eric. So oh I my gosh! you guys might appreciate that story. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's going to appreciate that, it's oh my listeners of this show. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just got all embarrassed and I was like, I can't let him see this. <laughs> well, like, yeah. How do you explain? Well, you ex- listen, we all have these like crushes, but not really because we do live in reality. And right. like, you know, so we have these like fictional crushes on these people and you know they're murdering us with their adorable (laughs) looks and we thought people who also watch these shows would appreciate us sharing that it yeah i i wasn't in a logical frame of mind at that point (laughs) i my mind i my body went straight to fight or flight and i i flew so that was (laughs) that was my state of mind i love it i i did end up kind of explaining I was like, you know, I, I explained the whole sweet baby angel thing um, because I 
in the future when I do actually explain. That'll give him some context. But anyway, I just thought, I was like, I have to tell this story on the podcast because they'll understand. Yeah, if anyone's going to understand. Truly. So, anyways, anyways, that's all I had. All right. I'm here for it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Okay, let's start. So we open up where we left off. Although, you know, they couldn't have like opened up like 30 seconds earlier so we could hear Karem speaking English all over again. But whatever, it's fine. I'll just replay that for myself. Yeah, there's plenty of interviews too. Because I definitely don't have that clip saved to my phone in video form. Of course not. Why would you do something like that, Kristen? Yeah, I don't have a whole section in our group titled Karem Speaking English. Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? So all that to be said, it's too little too late for Edda. Like, Mm -hmm. Serkan is basically saying, like, I don't need to see this evidence. I believe Mm -hmm. you. You were right that, you know, it shouldn't be a matter of proof for me to trust you. And he does acknowledge that it's a him issue and not a her issue. That this is right. his, you know, um, his struggle, his uh, character flaw, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, she says, well, that's great. But where was this yesterday? Where mm-hmm. was coming to this defense yesterday saying, I believe you, Edda. I know you wouldn't do, excuse me, do something like that. So, you know, basically, here you go. Here's your proof that I promised you. Also, here's your ring. I'm done. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And he's just stu- standing there stunned. He's got holding the ring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I we've said this a million times, but Engen is just. I know. He's the real one. He is. I, I just appreciate him so much. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate him more and more as the series continues. Absolutely. Even if he is a little coward in his own personal life. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> But we know he's always going to be there to speak some truth to Serkan. Right. And that's exactly what he does. And Serkan explains because Engin comes in and he's like, oh, everything's okay with the Americans. They're going to buy and we're all set. And Serkan, you can tell he basically could not care less at this point about what the Americans are doing or whether they're going to buy anything. So... Engin's like, okay, well, what are what are these papers? So Serkan explains. And Engin, God love him, he's like, okay, go, run. <laughs> go after her. Yeah. Go ask for forgiveness. Yep. And he's like, of course, like, well, no, she left. It's over, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, listen, there's this word, I'm sorry, in our <laughs> language. And I love it because, of course, our robot doesn't compute this. He's just, like, staring sadly at the ring that's yeah. still in his hand yeah. because he can't fathom apologizing. Mm-hmm. And even later, his justification, I'm like, what in the world? Because he says something like, well, if the true offender of the crime isn't caught, like, the apology means nothing. Uh, like, no, that's very incorrect, Sarkombe. Like. That's not how apologies work, actually. Poor man. He's like, what are emotions? I what know. is what is sorry? What is <laughs> forgiveness? 
<laughs> Kit does not compute. I uh-uh. don't understand. Yeah, he just he doesn't get it. So Engin tried and he's like it's like speaking to a brick wall. So he's like, Alright, well, go ahead and go back into the meeting whenever you're ready. Whatever. Yeah. I guess I'll see you in there. Mm-hmm. So we switch over to the girls. They're all kind of chatting regarding con, revenge, yeah. Saracon, men who make us sad. Like, you know. Yeah. I said Ada, Melo, and Ifair are all asking, why are men? Yes. Why are men? <laughs> so, you know, but Ada's basically like, listen, I'm beyond hurt and offended. And, mm-hmm. you know, rightly so. Mm-hmm. So, Nobody can blame her for feeling and reacting the way that she has. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of chatting about that. And Sarah Khan is still at the office. It's later in the evening. He's staring at all the evidence. He's circling and highlighting things. So he's clearly got something up his sleeve where Khan is concerned. And he even calls Khan to say, okay, I'm giving you one chance. Like, sell me your company at a fair price, bow out, and we'll call it. But, you know, that's obviously not going to happen. And Angan walks in and is kind of like, what are you still doing here? Are you back to the old Sercon? You know, working all hours of the night. Nothing else matters. Which, of course, Sercon doesn't really answer because, as we know, Sercon doesn't really answer any questions. No, he doesn't. He basically he doesn't is like. know how. No. He's like, <laughs> he's just in destruction mode and ready to destroy Khan. Yeah. So Angan yep. broaches the subject of Edda, mm-hmm. and he's like, what are you going to do about her? Yeah. And this is when he makes his thing about the whole apology is meaningless if, you know, the the perpetrator yeah. of the crime that caused me to be mad at her like, and accuse her of this. Me. It's all Khan's fault. I can't help it. I know. I mean, plenty of it is Khan's fault. Don't get me wrong. but Of course. Of yeah. course. But his mistrust has nothing to do well, maybe from the past there was sure. stuff with Khan, but his specific mistrust of Ida doesn't have anything to do with Khan. No. So, so I love yeah. it because Engin's like, okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> He's like, close your computer. Yep. We're leaving. God bless him. Yep. So they have a little walk time and they're chatting and Engin is basically telling him to accept that Ida has changed him. Mm-hmm. And I said, silly robot thinks finding her work is the best choice right now. And even Angan is like, so let me get this straight. <laughs> Instead of just giving her a heartfelt apology, showing your remorse, uh-huh. you're going to spend all this money to reacquire a job that we were outbid on. Uh-huh. You're going to do all this work to prove that Khan's guilty of something. And just so you can offer this job to Edda. Like, he's like, bravo, makes perfect sense. <laughs> he's like, so romantic. <laughs> and each time, Sarkon's just like, yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. <laughs> like, it's the most logical thing uh-huh. that he could ever be doing. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, you like, poor, he- sad man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then as they're walking, he notices a dress in a window. Oh, my gosh. This, like, <laughs> listen, bro. If this doesn't point out your, like, there's already been a million. Okay, there's a thread on Twitter that I retweeted. And it's okay. ca- and it's a girl who said, listen, I'm sick and tired of Sarkon getting all this hate. Like, of course he doesn't think Ida loves him. And it's a whole thread of things about 
why why he obviously thinks that she hates him. Okay. But it's completely sarcastic. Right. And it's like, you know, when she's like looking at him while he's drilling that thing in the wall and she's all dazedly he's like, what man would think a woman who stares at him like this has feelings for him? <laughs> and is this whole thread and she did an amazing job because it's hilarious and true. So, you know, this belongs in that thread like, oh yeah, cuz when I see a dress that immediately makes me think, do you think Edda would like that? Like, oh it's so gosh. pretty. And then and it's even – it's got flowers on it. Uh-huh. And it was like such – oh, my gosh. It was just so adorable. It was really adorable. Because it was totally a situation where his sad little robot brain is like <laughs> – doesn't know why why feelings are. And, and oh, I, I even love the wording of it because he's like – He's like, Engin, if I bought this for Edda, do you think she'd wear it? I know. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you poor You're dumb so man. <laughs> you adorable, cute, dumb man. Oh, so good. So of course, and Engin's like, I don't know, man. Who cares? Let's go play pool. And Sarkon's like, no, no, I'm going in. And he goes uh-huh. and buys the dress for her. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I love it. I know, me too. (laughs) So we're back. We're back at home, at Ada's home, and she has, she's making herself some lemon water. So, of course, she flashes back to the whole thing where she first taught him to smell the lemon to calm down and make Mm -hmm. himself lemon water. And she gets this resolve where she marches into her room and takes that, you know, uh, scratched out Sarkon picture off of her wall. Leaves the guitar pick hanging up, though, you guys. Okay. Um, Totally. But she takes that picture, puts a big red X over it on top of the fact that it's already scratched out, and then hangs it on their front gate. Like, basically, no Sarkon allowed. And Jaren shows up, and she gets like, does this make it, like, does this make it clear that he's not allowed here? She's like, yeah, I think it's loud no, and clear. Not, not at all. It, uh, what else can you do? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, Jaren's like, okay, I'll meet you inside. They, You know, they have a whole montage of girl talk where Ed is clearly just spilling, you know, the happenings of the day and everything. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking this to herself out on the rooftop. She says, I said that Serkan Bola is a sorcerer. He really is. He fascinated me so much, despite my hatred of him. Uh, So much that there was no hatred left, and my eyes saw nothing else. The magic ended, the sorcerer left long ago, and I just had to collect myself, having seen the whole truth. So, it it's just sad. She's mm-hmm. she's like seeing the magic that he brought to her life, and then it just poof disappeared, all with you know that one move of mistrust right yeah totally so we go back to fifi melo and erdem they're all chatting about eda and jaren because they're off together they're still on the terrace Mm -hmm. and uh it's just kind of a quick little thing but (laughs) poor melo i know she thinks that her name is the reason why her her life is so sad because of melancholy and melodramatic (laughs) it's like oh honey (laughs) i know poor baby i know so then ifair brings lemonade and mellow of course now lemonade is ruined for her for the rest of her life because of stupid con and then erdem is talking about unrequited love it's just a 
a funny, sad little yes. scene. And Melo winds up kicking him out. Like, get out of here. Does. I don't need to hear any of this. She does. Good for her. Yes. So then, oh, this is so good. Okay, when oh. I watched when I watched it live, because it's obviously not captioned, I mm-hmm. didn't realize that all the stuff Sirius had dragged outside around and surrounded himself with was, was Edda's was Edda stuff. Aww. I thought it was just like he was being he was just being chaotic and destructive okay. because he misses her, like just dragging stuff. So when I watched it with the subs, I was like, oh my gosh, duh, of course it's Edda's stuff. So cute. Well, and then of course Safi walks up. Oh, God bless him too, man. <laughs> Safi and Engen, where would we be without them? I don't know. I don't know where we would be. But uh Sarkon's like good night and Safi. <laughs> and Safi just rolls his eyes at Sarkon. We love it. We love to see it. And he's totally pushing his limits mm-hmm. because he's like, Oh, I see you bought a gift. Who's that for? Uh if if that gift isn't for Edda, then it's probably for Celine. I was like, oh snap! Uh huh. And he can even tell he's like he's like, oh, I think that um, Sirius probably misses her. That's probably why he did that. So he's well, just pushing it. His okay. buttons. Well, and you know, and he says like basically like animals are very sensitive to how <laughs> their owners are feeling. <laughs> I love him. Me too. So he decides to stir up some more trouble, and he sees the handcuffs. He's very brave and gets them out from under Sirius's paw. Even though Sirius hates him. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's all mad that Sirius is back to barking at him because Ed does gone. He, <laughs> he like, blames Sircon for that, too. Well, and he's like, listen, Safi, we're on the same team here. We missed, like, or, I mean, listen, Sirius, like, you and I are on the same team right now. We both miss Edda. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. So he's like, mm, it's time to remind Celine that she's engaged because we know that the handcuffs were from her engagement party. Mm-hmm. So he grabs the handcuffs and sticks them back in, in the gift bag um, just to be a little snot. Yes. So do we want to just cover this next part so we don't have to keep going back and forth to it? Because this is yeah. because it's it kind of happens throughout the episode, but I feel like we can just kind of smush it all right here. Yeah, it's all very straightforward, honestly. Yeah. So basically, um, Idan initially asks about Edda and, like, what happened with them uh, to Safi. And then Alptakeen walks in and she's like, hey, I couldn't get a hold of your secretary yesterday. She never called me back. And he's like, oh, you know, her husband got a job offer. They're moving to Antalya. So I just haven't replaced her yet. So basically what it comes down to is Idon wants to choose his new secretary because his previous one always informed her of everything. Yep. So, you know, as we know, Idon has little informants all over the place mm-hmm. with Peril and the guy at the mountain house and all that. Mm-hmm. So she basically is like, I'll go through the resumes. I'm going to interview them. And it also comes from a, the fact that she doesn't want some like young hot thing to be working with her husband because she clearly has insecurities yes about you know maybe um their relationship wim- and yes yeah. their relationship and maybe other women who may be interested in him so right. what it boils down to is she and safety wind up um like immediately just di- di- like as these girls show up for interviews they're like kicking them out the second they walk in yeah she's like what did they all come from a modeling agency uh-huh. <laughs> she- she's all irritated and then okay so listen they <laughs> when the like 
quote old lady comes in. Uh-huh. And Safey's like, oh, this one is comes from the 1960s. Listen, <laughs> listen, our parents are from the 1960s. Yeah. They're not that old. They're not. <laughs> and quite honestly, I feel like someone his age is going to be more of a threat to his marriage. Yeah. I, I just don't see Alptakine being like, oh, yeah, let me get with, you know, one of my 20-something-year-old employees no i could see if there's trouble in paradise someone who is more comparable to his wife but maybe showing him more attention Mm -hmm. you know maybe admiring him singing his praises all of that like that seems to me like that'd be something more i'd be scared of sure Um, that makes sense but you know we're being stereotypical here so yeah for the sake of comedy yeah. So anyway, I just thought yeah. that was funny. No, you're right. She, probably, she looked like she's probably in her 60s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if she's in her 60s, then she wasn't. I guess she could have been born in the. She could have been born in, in exactly 1960. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course they wind up hiring her. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, though, Alptakin's like, yeah, that's not necessary. First of all, I can't hire her. Like, she had a 10-year gap because she's been retired. Mm-hmm. I found someone. I hired them sight unseen just mm-hmm. based on the resume. So I'm really curious about who this is going to be. I know. I feel like this is this can't be a throwaway character. Yeah. Because and, – and I don't know how involved they'll be with anything with Serkan and Eda. Mm-hmm. But it could just be more along with this particular storyline. So, right. I feel like I'm it's just interested. supposed to be – yeah, I feel like it's just supposed to be somebody who's going to shock us. Like, Yeah. As far as like either maybe they're going to get like a really cool guest star that everyone's like, oh my gosh. Or mm. we're going to find out, you know, it's – they're they're somehow intertwined with, you know, the past or something like that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so he is like basically, sorry, you can't hire her. I hired this person. And of course, Idon's upset because she wants someone who she can control and make sure is going to do the things that she wants. Yeah. So as he walks away, she's kind of like, well, you'll see what it means to not hire my candidate to herself. So yeah. that's essentially the whole thing. Oh, and they do have a little bit of a talk about their relationship and oh, marriage that's right. they because do. he does ask, like, well, are you jealous? And she's like, me, jealous? You know, no. She's like, but I just think, I just feel like, you know, my young and vivacious days are over. And, you know, I like it because, it, you know, he kind of tries to encourage her that that's not really the case. Yeah. Um. But then when she gets all persnickety, he's like, oh, yeah, it's way worse. Like, you know, and then he kind of leaves. So, yeah. you know, we just – we get a little bit more of the exposed nerve as far as um, yeah. I done struggling. Um, so I would really like to see some, some growth and improvement, you know, in their relationship, like them working towards – something you know yeah i have a feeling we'll get that because there's already been a little bit last episode Mm -hmm. and now this episode so and um her she and safey had that whole conversation where they're taking that quiz oh Um, yes so i i'll be interested to see the progression of this little side story yeah um so serkan drives up to edas and uh, he makes a quick call to Fikrit Bay, basically to tell him what happened with Khan and that um, Khan is too broke to do uh, the project that he bid, that he like outbid them for. And um, he's Fikrit is like, okay, well, I'm going to need some proof before mm-hmm. I can like technically kick him off of this project. So Sarkhan's like, okay, cool. 
I'll find the proof that he's a fraud and that he is broke and that he stole our design and everything. And then I'll send it to you as quickly as I, poss as I possibly can. Oh, and he makes a condition mm -hmm. that Ada has to be involved with the project. Yes. And Secret Bay is like, of course, no problem. <laughs> yeah, like, duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then Serkan walks in and... The girl gang is ready and waiting for him. Yes, and they are. They are protecting their girl. And they're like, no, sorry, she's not available. And Duren's like, it's Saturday anyway. So it's not like you're going to get to her. If she wants to talk to you, she'll call you. Yep, that's right. I love it. The cold reception. Mm -hmm. And, you know, basically, we're not telling you where she is. Melo even kind of lets him have it, like, Oh, you you just love breaking girls' hearts and your sworn enemy is right there in competition with you and Yep. You know. Um and she storms out after that. Mm -hmm. And then I like did you like how she takes her little handbag and she hits his car with it as she yes. walks by it. <laughs> so good. And then Ifair also kind of lets him have it basically, you know, the way she he's treated her mm -hmm. and all of that. Oh my gosh. And can I just say, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but there was a Instagram live that Karem and Hande did before it might have even been before last week's episode they just did like a okay. quick they try to do that every Wednesday like during the recap they'll do like a quick little five minute live to say hi thank you yeah um and I loved it because right before they got off he was basically like you know be kind treat people with respect and don't treat women the way Sarkhan like Sarkhan does like I just I just loved that because Sarkhan's not by far the worst character to right. treat a woman badly. Right. But I love that he even was like, yeah, we don't even treat women the way Sarkhan does. Like, that's yeah. a no. I love it. Yeah. Karem IRL is like, he, <sighs> I just love him. I'm I know. Like, You're, he's such a great guy. He is such a respecter of women. He's so humble. Like, yes. if you watch his, like, little taxi car interview thing, like, Gosh, he talks about like the jobs he did before he made it and how he even says like, you know, and if I reach the top and fall, like that's okay because I've already been there. Like I know what to do. Like it, it, yeah. And then like, did you know too that when he got that H&M spread last summer and he did like a whole ad campaign for H&M, in one of the shoots they were doing outdoors, like in mm -hmm. a field or forest area. He basically saw that there was, like, garbage and stuff littered everywhere and just started, like, cleaning up with the oh crews. Of like, course he did. Uh, uh, I love yeah. him. I love yeah. him so much. He's great. So, please, come on, please come on our podcast, Karam. Please. Yes, please, Lutfen. Please, please, please. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. What were we saying now? Oh, yeah, Sarakhan's a jerk, but Karam is not. So, Correct. Um, so he goes after Melo. Yes. Because they're all like, get lost, bro. Go kick rocks. <laughs> and, you know, props to him for being like, yeah, I clearly know where I'm not wanted. So yes. he's like, yes. let me go see if I can put my eggs in this basket instead. Yeah. And it's so funny because he's like, Melek, you know you still like me. <laughs> you even when she's like Serkan Bay and he's like Bay, he's like, I'm your brother-in-law. Like, and she's and cracking. Like, well, and she's like, You hurt it a lot a lot. And so he's like, Well, I'm trying to fix that. Mm -hmm. So he worms his little way back into Melo's heart. Uh -huh. And she tells him where Eda is. 
Or at least gives him a hint since. Yes. That's my guess. It's like she gives him a general idea. Or I'm wondering if she goes to several different gardens on Saturdays and helps maintain them. So he didn't know which one she would be at. Because that, makes, that would make sense. Because it's pretty clear he spends like three hours looking for her after this. So it's not yeah. like he just goes and finds her right away. Yeah. Which, you know, and if, if that's what Melo did, good for her. Not making making it easier, but not too easy on him. Mm-hmm, totally. And I thought it was so funny. That person who, uh, there was like the gif going around where if, where you stop it. That's the. Yes, Sarah. Uh, early, bird, Kapuma, early bird. Early uh, bird maven. Yes. Uh-huh. And. Kristen did it, and she she she's like, "We got Fifi," and then somebody <laughs> somebody replied, "I can someone see we don't someone we don't know in real life, yeah. just someone who listens." <laughs> and they're like, "I can see that for Ashley, but for Kristen, it would totally be mellow," and it's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was cracking up because I was like, "Holy crap, you know us very well." <laughs> Oh my gosh, because I would totally be Fifi like, get out or I'm coming after you. And then Kristen would be like, well, uh-huh. if you're going to fix it with her, I guess. Then mm-hmm. I can- <laughs> A hundred percent. Like, that's why oh, I was I like, I don't know whether I should be like really impressed or <laughs> scared by this because this is so accurate. It hurts. Super accurate. (laughs) Super accurate. So congratulations. (laughs) I know. I'm trying to find. I know we acknowledged her, but I was. Yeah, we did. I know. I can't remember her username. I can't either. And I'm like, dang it. Um, But yes, (laughs) you know who you are and we love and appreciate you. Yeah, we. Yes, we do. Okay. So go ahead. So I guess we could do this kind of quickly too. The whole Celine and Ferit situation. Um. Yeah, I think because that kind of goes. On. Oh, K- Kajal. I'm probably saying your name completely wrong. I'm so sorry, but that that was who it was. She. Okay. She's the one who <laughs> who was like, um, <laughs> Ashley for sure, but Kristen's definitely male. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yes. Now let's talk about um. Uh, Celine and Ferry. You know, I'm. I was proud of Ferry until the very end because mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to see him be like, "Goodbye, I'm done." Mm-hmm. Um, but I was proud, like, because he. I just basically was like, "Cold shoulder part one, cold shoulder part two, cold <laughs> yeah. shoulder part three. Like that's his theme yeah. this episode with Celine. Yeah, and he's clearly trying to. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like, business-wise, he's got yes. some stuff um, in the works. He's working stuff out with Alptekin. He wants to be a good big a big part of the holding mm-hmm. and to kind of do his part with all of that. So it's that was interesting to me. Yeah, because he it, wants to prove himself independent of Celine, and I respect that so yes. much. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, essentially things are not good between the two of them. And um, does Celine comes over, right? To yeah, well, she kn- Yes, after he kind of gives her the cold shoulder at breakfast, she winds up over at Idon's. That's right. And basically, Idon initially is like, you know, well, you know, cold feet or stress, things like that happen, you know, which props to her since she clearly still wants her son with with uh, Celine, that she's not right. just like, oh, bummer, it's over. Um <laughs> 
I mean, she does run to call Sarkon to tell him there's trouble in paradise. She leaves right. him. A, she leaves him a voicemail informing him of that. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you're going to make a move, now's your time. But yeah. yeah, basically she tries to cheer her up and then is like, you know what? Let's look at childhood photo albums from when you and Sarkon were kids. That always <laughs> makes us happy. That's her little sneaky way of saying, break uh-huh. up with Farid. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, you know, so they wind up doing that, which does lead to her being there when everyone finds out exactly where Edda and Sarkon are later on, which we right. can probably get deeper into that when we get to that scene. But, yeah. um, you know, then there's another scene where she is waiting at home for him and, like, wants to watch a movie. And he's like, yeah, I've got plans with friends see you later yeah and she's like scrolling through photos on her phone and she still has ones of her and Serkan. like yeah it's like a picture of her with fairy right next to a picture of her with Serkan. yeah so and then i think then the last one before they have their final like actual sit down discussion that we don't even get to see um is when he is at work with Alptekin and they're mm-hmm. kind of finishing up a conversation, like more things that he's got in the works and plans and things. And I, it seems like maybe he and Celine were going to have lunch or going to leave together. But when yeah. Alptekin is like, hey, I have some people that I can introduce you to if you're if you don't already have plans. Celine goes to say that they do. And Federit's like, nope, I'm going to come with you. And yeah. books and on out of there. Which is her. Yep. Which it all leads to this final scene. The second, the final scene before the final scene, um, where she mm. basically is like, okay, you know what? Like, you're going to talk to me. You're going to tell me what's wrong because it's only going to keep getting worse. So I'm not leaving until no matter what you want to say, whether you're mad at me, whether you're whatever, I'm ready to hear it. Yeah. And he basically is like, oh, okay, you want to talk? Let's talk. Let's mm-hmm. talk about your love for Sercon. Let's talk about my love for you. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the fact that our work and all of that is intertwined with it, all of this. And um, I've come to a decision. Hopefully we can meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And she's like, okay. And then we don't see the rest of their conversation. Right. Right. So that's kind of the Celine Ferry situation yeah. in this whole episode. It's all kind of sprinkled throughout the whole thing. Yes. So, oh, I kind of lost my That's okay. spot. We just get a quick little shot of Edda attending this rose garden. We still don't know where she is because it's just a quick little, like, maybe 15-second thing where she's just taking care of the roses. And um, and then we That's see right. – we see um Sarkon is driving around looking for a garden as Ankin's on the phone with him wondering where he is because he's not at work right yeah so he Sarkon explains that he's trying to find a big garden that's close to the sea and Ingen's like well I don't know where there is one but we're here at work <laughs> so uh and Sarkon is essentially like okay well I'm not coming in because uh-huh. I need to find this garden <laughs> so uh, we get another moment of Engin and Perol, and she asks him to go out to eat again. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, his sweet baby angel face when she asks him that, and he gets all excited and hopeful. He's so hopeful and happy. And then he hears Duran's words. He does, and he says no again. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh. We can probably kind of cover them too, honestly, because That's true. Because basically, that happens, and Pearl's like, "Okay, peace out." Uh huh. Well, she does wind up asking him again later on, like, "Do you want to grab coffee?" 
Yes. Just grab some coffee while we work. Uh-huh. And he again is like, I can't. I've got emails to answer. I've got this. Yeah. And Pearl's like, oh, brother. Like, she knows he's just pushing her off. Yeah. So he can even see that she knows that. So he calls Duran and is like, look. Yeah. Why am I doing this again? Like, because. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's basically like, hey, I keep telling her no. And I need to understand the reasoning behind this. And Duran's like, well. It's because I like it when I have to chase people <laughs> and if they're kind of playing hard to get. So she essentially gives him permission, mm-hmm. so to speak, to invite her over for dinner. She's like, make her make her dinner and then you guys can actually have the time together. Right. And she offers to help him because he is all stressed about the state of his apartment. Like, yes. she's very clean and organized. And I don't know if, like, my place is. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about setting a nice table or dinner setting. Yes. So she goes over and she helps him out. And she gets everything all set up perfectly. Everything is beautiful. It's romantic. And then we have a very interesting scene. Okay. Go ahead. I know. I don't know how I feel about it either. I don't either. We were so on this track uh-huh. of not Jaren and Engin. Well, we were on the track of Jaren and Engin at first because of their meeting. Yes. And then at, they made at it. The very first, but then they made it yeah. very clear that they're buddies, that they're pals, yes. that they're friends, and she is helping him to get parole. So this, I was like. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. No, because this is very love triangle if it is the case. Because, you know, it's one thing like, okay, with EK, you could, I guess, claim that. But it was pretty clear John didn't have any interest in Polen. Like, we knew she was never a real threat to his feelings for Son M. But, like, this could be because – Engen clearly has had feelings for Pudoral for a while, mm-hmm. but he's not unaffected by Duran when she's like lightly touch her, stroke her arm. Like he's very yeah. affected by Duran demonstrating that on him as she's yeah. lighting candles and setting the mood. And Duran is affected like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot. Like I don't think she was expecting to feel something either. Right. So I'm kind of like, is this going to get sticky? Because I don't like it. I if know. So... So, but, and I'm, I'm like, okay, did they only do this so that Engin would run away? Mm-hmm. Was that the whole plot point? And that was really the only reason? Because, you know, he's talking to Sarah Khan after that. And he's like, I, before I didn't have any women in my life to worry about. Now suddenly I have two. Yes. And he's just kind of ranting about how he's all confused. And uh, then we have... I, what I appreciated mm-hmm. was the Jaren and Perot moment. Yes. And I almost wonder if that was more the purpose than mm. even for Engen to run away. I wonder if it was more Ang- – we needed Engen to run away so that this could happen. Maybe. Because, you know, people have been saying for a long time, like, Perot just needs really good girlfriends around her. Mm. And Jaren would be a really good friend for her to have. Like, she would. Way better than Celine. Like, if, if Perot – like – kind of hooked in with Edda and her girls, I feel like it would be really good for her. I agree. So you're right. I do love that what it led to was Jaren being like, listen, I'm just going to confess to you. I've been helping him. <laughs> um, You know, yeah, I made this whole dinner and all of that because he needed help because he had no clue what to do. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and he wanted to impress you. So I'm helping him with that. And Pearl's like, oh, okay. So it kind of, you know, it's like the waving of the, what, the white flags between the two of them. Right. And then, of course, they get a mutual text with some lame excuse about a family emergency because Angan doesn't want to deal with this. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Peril even says, now this is the Angan I know. Uh-huh. He almost makes it to the finish line and then can't <laughs> quite get there. Yeah. So I I did love that because then she's like, well, he's gone and you set this beautiful table up for two. So why don't we just eat? It looks oh, really good. Yes. <laughs> so they sit down and they have a nice dinner together. Yeah. So I I really appreciated that, even though I was, like, not super thrilled with that interesting moment between yeah, him and Duran. I agree. So um, Serkan is out searching for this garden. He oh, yes. finally finds the right one. And before that, he finds the handcuffs. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Right as he finds the garden, he, he sees the handcuffs in well, the he- bag. Yeah, he actually saw the handcuffs when he picked when he went to go find Edda at her house because he moved the bag into the trunk of the car. Oh, that's right. And he's like, oh, serious. Like, he blames it on serious, not realizing it was safety. So the handcuffs were already in the, like, side pocket of that passenger door when he okay. got there. Yeah. They were ready for use. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for some reason I has that – I have it right there. Um, And then him – yeah, anyway, I'm maybe my timeline is wrong. Um, or mine, one of the two. Either way, he finds the handcuffs. Yeah. And they're now stashed away in a conveniently grabbable place. <laughs> yes, very convenient. Very. <laughs> so he – wow, did I just not take – what am I saying? My notes are so out of control. Okay, just interrupt me. I'll – I'll try to set you on course and then Well, because I know that he gets to the garden and she's there and she's he kind of sneaks up on her and she's talking to the flowers. Yeah, you've got that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. But for some reason, I guess I didn't write any of this down. Oh. I I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, well, that is what happens. And, you know, it's kind of double talk because she's talking about how the flowers need to stand proud no matter what. Mm-hmm. They've been through so much. Mm-hmm. And Sarakon, I don't think he can quite maybe hear her or maybe he can. Either way, he's kind of watching from afar, smiles a little bit before clearing his throat and making himself known. Yes. So he asks if they can talk. And she's not happy that he's there, not at mm-hmm. all. And she starts to take off. Yeah, she stands up. Her outfit immediately becomes not nearly as cute as I thought it was <laughs> because that corset, listen, Hyundai's stylist, Hanum, you do a great job 99.5% of the time. This corset was entirely unnecessary to this outfit. And then, like, like they, they could have just done a big t-shirt with some black bike shorts yeah or yeah like honestly that outfit is cute on her as is without the corset that t-shirt looks oversized enough yeah the bike shorts are cute the converse are cute her hair pulled back and with that pretty little headband is adorable i i didn't i did not like i know i know it was really weird to me 
Yes. Was someone, like, was it Moran or someone was like, well, I thought at first it was like one of those back braces you do when you're like going to yes. be working, which would make. That's what, yes, it would make total sense. But no, it's a fashion <laughs> accessory. <laughs> Anyhow, sorry. Uh, we just had to comment on that because I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So she gets up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of storms out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he ends up snapping the handcuffs on her. Yes, he does. Because he's like, no, we're going to talk. Yep. Well, yeah, I wrote he pulls an Enda. <laughs> and because, of course, he does what she did. Well, and I also, did Did you notice too when he's like, because she, you know, is obviously blowing him off. Like, don't want to talk to you, have nothing to say. And he's like, you can't even hear me out. Does it mean nothing to you that I drove around for three hours looking for you? And I love it because she says, did I ask you to look for me? (laughs) Like, no, she does not have to be impressed that you drove all over looking for her because she didn't ask you to. Yep, exactly. So they get into the car and I said, my, how the turntables have turned. (laughs) (laughs) And he won't talk to her. He's all he'll tell her is that it's an important matter that they have to discuss. And he's like whistling. whistling. And he's calling her Edda Jim. And she's like, <laughs> Edda Jim, where is that coming she's from? Just so irritated. I love it because he, even when she questions it and she's like, Edda Jim, and he raises his eyebrows at her and kind of smiles. And he's like, also, maybe we can move in sync together with these handcuffs on this time. That way we don't have sores on our wrist. And which, of course, means when they park at their destination and he goes to get out of the car, Mm -hmm. she, such a power move, she yanks him out and makes Uh him crawl out through the passenger side. Yep. Well, and she did the same thing the first time. She made him crawl over to the passenger side. So So, good. Yeah. Yep. She's like, fine, you handcuffed me. I'm still going to be in control of the situation (laughs) in any way that I can. That's right. (sighs) Oh. So they end up at, like, funny enough, they end up at a mountain cabin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody really stays there or lives there. It's been empty for a long time. But they have a, a like caretaker. A, a groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, caretaker who is there. And they go in and Eda is just so irritated well she's demanding he take the handcuffs off and he's like listen there's not a way to do that this wasn't planned Mm -hmm. and so she's like you did this without the plan of trying to being able to get these off of me and blah 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 and he basically says yeah you know spur of the moment i had to do what i had to do but once we talk like we'll go somewhere or we'll have some you know we'll find someone who can you know cut these off right now I mean, again, tiny plot hole, but I can't help but point it out. Like, okay, Sarkhan, if there's no way to undo them, how did you get them open to snap them on your wrists? Oh, that's true. Because they're closed when, you know, they're in his car. But he somehow was able to open them both and slap them on his on their wrists. Can they can they tighten, but they can't loosen? You know how, like, some handcuffs, if you you have to, like, push them all the way through? Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, toy handcuffs when we were kids. And you'd, like, push the open portion all the way through and it would go all the way around. Yes, you're right. Maybe it was that. Okay. Okay. I just was like, wait a minute. How would you even get them on then if you – anyhow. So. Right. Yeah. So she's 
she's mad because she's like, well, I don't care. You need to open these. This is this is your fault. And he's like, no, Edda, if I open them, you're going to escape. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> are you? he's like laughing at her. And she gets so mad. She's like, are you trying to, are you trying to control me? Are you interfering with my life decisions again when you should really just apologize to me instead? How is it even possible that I'm spending time here with you? And he's like, look, when we're done talking, I will open them. And she's like, no, you'll open them now, Serkan. <laughs> and he just says, no, Edda. And she's like, open them. <laughs> I don't want to be close to you. He's poking he the bear. Her, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, why? And she just says, open them. I'm telling you to open them right now. He's not bothered at all. And I says, love how unbothered he is. He is so chill and calm. He is. He's like, when the time is right, I'll open them. She's like, no, now. You'll open them right now. You will let me go and you will stay away from me. And then she grabs a vase and she smashes it on the floor. I was like, oh my gosh. And he does not even flinch. Mm-hmm. Once she like takes a deep breath when she's yeah. done, he says, are you finished? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which I thought she was going to turn around and deck him right then for saying that. But it's like such a way to, to, to treat like a little child when they're throwing a fit. Uh-huh. When you're just like sitting and waiting and you're like, okay, are you done now? And, uh-huh. we, and we can talk. <laughs> you know, but surprisingly, when he asks her that, she takes a deep breath mm-hmm. and says that she is. And... Of course, meanwhile, the girls can't get a hold of Edda, and they're all contemplating, you know, what could be going on. She'd be back by now. And of course, they're all suspicious, specifically Joran's like, I'm sure it has to do with Serkambola. And they're like, yeah, mm. but how would he find her? And of course, Melo's trying to not point it at herself. So she's like, love must have led him to her. <laughs> <laughs> so then we pan. And this is why Kristen is Melo. <laughs> It's true. It's totally true. Oh, I won't even I pretend to like <laughs> deny that. So Sarkhan, we're back at the mountain house. Sarkhan asks uh-huh. if she's actually ready to talk mm-hmm. as there's nothing else to break. Right. And <laughs> which I beg to differ, but okay. Yeah. And you know, but she's like, I know I lot I got you know, I lost myself. I want to clean it up. And he's like, just leave it, we'll come back to it. And so she's yeah. like, let's go for a walk instead. And so they um head outside and i love it because he's like well before we get into the deep stuff like let's have a warm-up topic first you know let's like just let's ease into this so let's just talk about something like simple before we talk you know about the the important stuff yeah because edda's like okay come on let's talk that way i can leave uh-huh and <laughs> he's, he's like, trying no, to no, no, no. <laughs> prolong this and so i love it because he asks her like about the flowers in the garden and you know at the orphanage and um she teaches the kids. She's like, well, I teach the kids the way my aunt did. My aunt taught me all about flowers and their meanings and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, she says it gives them hope. And he's like, huh. And he says, well, how? Like, how do you explain it in a way that gives them hope? And then he's like, you know, in case I want to instill hope in somebody too. Like, he <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, hashtag obvious, but okay, Sarah uh-huh. So she basically says, I just say what 
um, I just say do what flowers do. Hold on to life, turn to the sun, because if the sun has risen, then there's already hope. And it and so I love it because Sarkhan's like, huh, so it means that we also have hope. And then mm-hmm. she looks at him and he's like, I mean, you know, humanity as a whole. <laughs> like, you coward. <laughs> he does that again later, too. Yeah. When he's like, you don't want to be with me? And then, uh-huh. But then, of course, he tacks he on. he said that, I was like, <gasps> <gasps> I know. Talk about a can't breathe moment. I was like, is I this know. it? Is this it? Are we getting it? But no. no. Spoiler we alert. We didn't get it, guys. Um, so... Yeah, so they end up walking back towards the house, and the groundskeeper became aware of their presence, so he went ahead and prepared lunch for them. Mm -hmm. So they have this whole thing because he's like, obviously, we can't show him that we're handcuffed together. So he immediately pulls her close, which she arm around her the back her back and Uh she's like get away from me don't touch me (laughs) and she's like (laughs) pulling at his thumb and bending it backwards and like oh my gosh it's so funny I love when they act like such little children to each other it's so it's so good it's honestly it's a big reason why like I'm as much as I'm frustrated, I'm also okay with the fact that they, like, haven't had the big feelings confession yet. Oh, totally. Because this buildup is just too good. Yeah. It's it's highly entertaining. <laughs> yes, it is. So, you know, they sit down to have lunch, and that's when he discovers she's left-handed, and it's her mm-hmm. left hand, and he's right-handed, but th- mm-hmm. those are the hands that are attached. So they kind of have to, like take turns eating like she'll cut while he's raising his fork to his mouth and then he'll cut while she's raising her fork to her mouth so they have to work in sync (laughs) they do they have to cooperate at least for a bit yes so um ifair is trying to reach edda um and they can't reach her (laughs) they ask melo to track her on like a find my friends app and she's Uh like i deleted the app (laughs) i can't do it but she ends up finally fessing up that she's the one who told Sarkon where she was, and uh, they all, except for Jiren, they all head out to go search for her. Right. nobody has heard from her in a really long time, so they're all getting worried. Yes. And I will cut back really quickly. I know we kind of covered this about the whole Idon calls Sarkon and leaves mm. the voicemail, but I just want to say I love it because Safi walks in having overheard it. That's right. And scolds her, like, oh, how quick you are to ditch this girl who helped you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, don't be happy in advance because they're not actually broken up yet. Mm-hmm. And because, yeah. So um, then, yeah, I just love that because it's – I like, too, how Idun's like, listen, I like her as a person. But <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't wish that kind of crazy as on a mother-in-law to even my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. She, she's like, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. <laughs> So um, after Melo's confession, I said, oh, man, a man who does dishes with his sleeves rolled up. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little moment of the mm-hmm. two of them, you know, working domesticated side. side. Uh huh. We've we had a lot of domestication in both DZs this week. Uh huh. So uh, that was that was nice. Um, yeah. So they they did the dishes and then. Sarkon goes and grabs a toolbox to take off the handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And Ada is like, 
seriously, you could have done this the entire time? And he just says, yes, Ada, you could, but you didn't. Yes, Ada. I love it so much. (laughs) She says, why? And he says, because I like it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I love it because he says, I liked it. And she's like, handcuffs are coming. Do we need to have a little discussion here? Yes, we need more specifics. (laughs) So then she says, why would you do this? And he's like, really, Edda? Like you, the person who handcuffed me first, who I even got this idea from is asking me. He's totally trolling her. And she, well, she smiles after that. Uh And he laughs and he's like, see, you like it too. (laughs) And then it's time to chop wood. Like, what are they trying to do to us? <laughs> I just saw that tweet today where a girl's like, is it even a Turk Deasy if there isn't a man chopping wood? <laughs> because on on um, Sarkhan, not Sarkhan Bolat, Sarkhan, I can't remember his last oh. name, but Ozge's actual real life boyfriend. Oh, uh-huh. His new Deasy, that was a still from his new Deasy of him chopping Stop. wood. Yes. <laughs> So, okay. Okay, but the thing is that it consistently does it for me. Like, uh-huh. I, it doesn't matter what the show is. No. It doesn't matter how out of place it is to the storyline or the plot. I'm like, oh, he needs to go chop wood? Okay, please show me at least 30 seconds of this. Uh-huh. I mean, we got it in EK. I mean, uh-huh. even Fairhot in Sia uh, Bayazashk. He's doing it in his tight leather jacket oh and he's gosh. chopping wood. And he even warns Asle, his wife, to step back because she's going to get splinters in her eyes from him chopping it. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we have this. Now I want, I'm like, does does Kivanch do it in Jason Vigazel? How could he not? That show feels he's like it's to. set for that. I like, mean, he rescues her. From a, from a on, fire on a, on a ho- oh on a horse in the very first episode. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like there's some there has to have been some wood chopping in Jason Vegas. Why doesn't everybody watch Turk DZ? Oh my gosh. Listen, that Amazing. is our mission. That that Amazing. is that is our mission. That's why we started this podcast. <laughs> For real. Wake up the rest of the world. <laughs> yep. Wake up. <laughs> some Turkish, some Turks chopping wood are waiting for you here. That is another topic I made in the group. Actually, it's Turks with axes, but oh. same idea. Yeah, same idea. So anyhow, he basically is like, well, time to go chop wood. And she's like, why are you going to go chop wood? And he's like, because it's going to get cold tonight and I don't want you to get cold. And I was like, swoon, even mm-hmm. though he's like saying it so matter of fact, he's like, so you don't get cold? Like, duh. He's like, because I'm very practical and I cannot possibly let you get cold. Well, and he's like, we we have a long talk ahead of us, so we're not going to be leaving until the evening. Mm. So, meanwhile, the girls show up at Sercon's. Mm-hmm. Nobody's home. Nobody's answering yeah. their phones. So, mm-hmm. Fifi, of course, breaks out her little thingamajig and is like, well... <laughs> If nobody's going to let us in, we're going to let ourselves in. <laughs> and then Safie, just in the nick of time, comes around the corner. And they're like, we're not doing anything. We're, we're innocent. So they ask about where Serkan is. He's like, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I hope that he's with Eda. Yep. I love it. Now, okay, we switch back then to the mountain house. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Edna's on the phone with someone, but who is she on the phone with? Or is she just leaving a message for someone? Because she's on her phone and is like, I'm safe. We're up here. We'll be home this evening. Like, and then she walks out as he's chopping the wood. And is because and that's when he's actually like, I'm chopping so much because we have a long chat ahead of us and we're going to be here till the evening. So I, I assumed it was just one of the girls. So did I. But then when they confront Idon, that's when they find out about where she is because Idon had just gotten the phone call from the employee guy. So hmm. I got a little confused about that. Um, it, could it have been Jaren? Oh, maybe it was Jaren because she, was she the wasn't only once back at the house, not with them. Okay, maybe? maybe that's who it was. Okay, that would make sense. She was telling okay. Jaren then. Okay. Um, and I love it because as she's watching him chop chop wood. She's like smiling to herself. Uh, yeah. And he's smiling to himself. And I was like, oh my gosh, these idiots. I love them. <laughs> oh man. I love them too. So that's when this employee dude in- informs I Idon of mm-hmm. Ed Sarah, which I love because Celine overhears it and knows that they're up in the mountain house together. Yeah. And then Safi and the girls walk up. Sorry, real quick. I loved Idon's question to him. <laughs> she's all, she's like, a girl? Oh, is it, so like a girl with a dark complexion, so slim and annoying and nice? <laughs> <laughs> that girl? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Oh my oh. gosh. And then I love how Melo makes sure she still has a job and Celine's yes. like, and I appreciate that Celine's like, yes, of course you do. Like your yeah. employment has nothing to do with Edda and uh, Serkan. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I they love it. because about like kidnapping, right? Right. They're like bickering over who took who there. And Melo's like, well, let me tell y'all something. Uh-huh. She's like, it's Serkan who follows Edda, not vice versa. Because it's true. He's the one who sought out Melo so that she would tell him where Edda was. Mm-hmm. So she's like, let me set the record straight for everybody here because I know. So good. So, of course, that leaves Idon and Celine kind of sulky knowing that Serkan sought her out and, like, dragged her up there. Mm-hmm. And um, so now it's nighttime up at the cabin and – he basically is like, all right, time to talk. And she's like, okay, finally. And the first mm-hmm. thing out of this idiot's mouth is Khan Karada. And she is like, <laughs> she's probably expecting like an apology of some sort. And he's, and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Like, mm-hmm. are you serious? And he's like, mm-hmm. yes. And he goes on about the hotel project and how, you know, He's going to take it back because, you know, he's clearly in over his head and probably not doing things legally. And she's like, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You brought me here to offer me a job to work on this eco hotel. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, and she's she's just flabbergasted. Well, and, he's, and he's like, not only that. She's like, okay, why else? And I said, my note says, yikes, Serkan. Uh-huh. Because he says, you could have been more careful. Oh, my gosh. Because oh he's gosh, like, yeah, you shouldn't big, have. dumb idiot man. You shouldn't have let those documents out of your sight, even at home. Like, that is not even the point. Because why would she even think that Khan would be in her house? Like, that. Yeah. Oh, so. 
that is the straw that breaks the camel's back uh-huh. for her. And she's yeah. like, I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I don't want to even be remotely close to you. Yep. Of course. So she storms out and it's raining. He follows her out there. And he's like, how are you going to leave anyway? We're in the woods. <laughs> She's like, I will do anything. I'll jump off the mountain if I have to to get away from you. And he, she turns to leave and he grabs her, of course. Mm-hmm. And they have this really intensely close rain staring nose nuzzling moment. Mm-hmm. That leads literally nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And he actually winds up leaving, right? Yeah, because he's like, what, Ida, what what do you, what else do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And she pushes him and she doesn't say anything. And he's like, come inside or you'll get wet. <laughs> okay, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <sighs> and she's like, she's like, I'm leaving. And he says, well, okay, I guess I didn't realize that you can't stand me that much. I wouldn't even think. So you stay and I'll leave. Oh, see, and my translation said, I didn't know I was so disgusting to you. And I was like, my heart. even worse. I know. (laughs) And he's like, you stay here and be safe. I'm leaving. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Oh, poor baby. So he leaves. And then he leaves. And all I wrote next was, Erdem, my man, because they're all they're all back at home and they're stressing about how long she's been gone. Mostly Ifair is like, what in the world? What could they possibly be doing up in a cabin in the mountains for this long? And Erdem says, I can think of a few exciting things. <laughs> And we all said amen. Amen. <laughs> oh my gosh. So basically, Jaren, oh. Jaren's like, listen, you know, she told us where she was. She'll tell us everything when she gets back. She's not going to keep this from you. Like, right. you know, it's going to be fine. Because at this point, um, she has then also let them know, you know, she's She's taking a shower at this point. She's wrapped in a towel wearing, I assume, Saracon slippers because they're too big for her feet. And why Mm -hmm. would she have slippers? Because she didn't anticipate any of this. Um, And she is letting them know, her family, she texts them basically and like, I'm at Saracon's. He left, though. I'm here by myself. I'll be home tomorrow. Yeah. So um, she's kind of looking around the cabin and she sees some old family pictures Mm -hmm. and she sees the brother, um, which I was – surprised that he was a younger brother well or he is, is he's or the, is that the brother and Serkan is like because i was like okay that younger mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. the older boy to me looked like Serkan. yeah i, I think you're wrong no i think you're right i i don't know if it was just like they didn't really think too well because i feel like he should have had darker hair i just assumed it was a mistake and the older one really was the older brother but you're right because his hair is lighter than the little boy in that photo that baba's looking at a few episodes ago yeah yeah um you know which granted hair can lighten as they get older or whatever i just sort of took it as a bit of a plot hole okay um okay yeah. But yeah, because you're right, it did look a little more Sercon esque. <laughs> um Yeah, that was yeah. that was what I assumed because yeah. the older boy looked a lot more like a young Sercon. Yes. So, so. then <laughs> Okay. I don't know what yours said, but when he <laughs> she hears the probably no- <laughs> similar. 
she hears the door opening and of course freaks out because she thinks it's like someone breaking in yeah so she th- this person has a hood right over like over their face and right it's so, like calling stuff into the room so she runs to her purse bravo <laughs> grabs her pepper spray and just sprays it like very closely right into his face right now realistically she should have been coughing and hacking as well that crap is potent yeah but for <laughs> for drama's sake it all stays in Sercon's uh, orbit. Mm-hmm. And when he looks up and she freaks out because she's like, oh, my gosh, I thought so you were sorry. a mountain pervert. <laughs> Mine's, mine said I took you for a mountain freak. <laughs> <laughs> so take take your pick, guys. Which, which translation do you prefer? I, per- I prefer mountain pervert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm laughing so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So This was a funny episode. Oh, man. So, of course, he is smartly milking it for all he can. His, like, oh, yeah. she's, like, later on, she, because he, he, he kind of, this. he kind of grabs the bag blindly, and she's, like, leading him. Yeah. And he says, like, I brought something for you. And yes. then she's like, come with me over here. Don't worry. You can still look at me sternly with your eyes closed. Like, yes. I love that. <laughs> but so obviously it's a little while later. She's like dabbing at his eyes. And he's she's like, like, are you OK? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Drama queen. <laughs> this is such a man thing, though, in general. Oh, it totally is. Because he's all, I really don't know it. Uh, maybe I won't be able to see anymore. <laughs> ever again and she's like i think maybe you can open your eyes and he's like no i can't i better not it's too dangerous (laughs) i think you should keep going because she's like dabbing at them and cleaning his eyes and taking care of him Uh oh my gosh so she ends up like tricking him and opening his eyes right and he sees the dress that she happens to have on oh yes he does he sees it he's like hmm uh-huh. Like, and then I love it because he's like, oh, that dress looks so beautiful on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, oh, man, I love how she's like, mm-hmm, and how funny that it fits just perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and he's like, Allah, Allah. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> like, how about that? What a weird coincidence. <laughs> so he explains that the reason he had to come back is because all of the roads are flooded. So he's like, sorry, I'm going to have to stay the night here. Let me show you to the guest room. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know what's coming. And I'm so excited. Guys, guess what? There's There's only only one one bed. (laughs) Because the guest room is leaking. The living room is leaking. All the other rooms in the house are leaking. And I do have to say, I appreciate that Edda's like, oh, don't let the paparazzi get wind of this. Serkan Bola has like an imperfect house because he's an architect. And Mm -hmm. obviously that would be funny. It's like the firefighter's house who burns down. Like, oh, that's ironic. Right. Um, So I love it because they wind (laughs) up having to stay in the main like attic bedroom. Right. And okay, here's I I don't want to take away from the moment, but also I'm going to. Because, of course, he's like, well, first of all, I took this screenshot because in my translation, he says, he just looks at her and he goes, can we lie together? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) 
obviously he means we need to share the bed. And yes. she's like, yeah, well, clearly I don't have a choice on that since it's the only one. Mm-hmm. So they get in. And she basically wants him – she wants him to lay back to back. So she tells yeah. him, yeah, don't face this way. Roll over. And uh-huh. he's like, I can't. It's healthier for your heart to lay on your right side. And what's funny to me is that I'm like, they literally could have just traded places. And then he could have laid on his right side. Hmm. And they still could have been back to back. Well, but remember, he ends up getting a little leaky spot on his yes, side. that's true. Yeah. And he's and like, I looked it up, and that's true. The whole sleeping on your right side for people with heart conditions or with past heart <gasps> issues, there's it's supposedly better for them to sleep on their right side. Really? Uh huh. Because I was like, okay, is this just a throwaway line? Okay, but of course not. But now every time I wake up on my left side, I'm gonna be like. I should like okay, what happened. But that's better. Apparently, your left side is better for your gastrointestinal system. <laughs> oh, all right. I read this whole article on so, sleeping position. <laughs> so basically, just move throughout the night to both sides. Yeah. Yep. You'll be great. <laughs> so, um, you're right because he's like, "Can I move closer? Because the water's dirty and it could get me sick." And she's like, <laughs> she's all, "No." no. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns around and then. <laughs> He's all, no, no, it's very dangerous. I'll try to sleep on my back. He's just so funny. Okay, he's now. He's so dramatic and he's so serious about it. Now, I love, though, because I was like, oh, this means something because she says, Igejalar sarcombola. And of course, as we know, that's what they always say to each other when they're bidding each other farewell and good night when things yeah. are not bad. Mm-hmm. So I love that because then he, Igejalar Edayildes is her. Mm-hmm. And then you guys. Oh my gosh. This is the, just the best. I could talk for the next like 90 minutes about this scene alone. For real. Because when they, like, of course we all knew they were going to wake up facing each other and like snuggled together. That's like DZ 101, rom-com 101. Of um, However, I, okay. She wakes up first, which I love because last time he woke up first. Mm-hmm. She wakes up first. She sees that he's holding her. She yeah. sees that they're close and face to face. She does not disentangle herself. No, she doesn't. She closes her eyes and goes back to sleep in uh-huh. that comfortable position. Yeah. Yep. I, now, granted, we also can see that she has a hard time, like, which we kind of got this when they fell asleep on the couch, too. She's clearly not a morning person. Right. So it takes her a while to, like, wake up, wake up. Yeah. So that could have been part of it, too. Like, she was still kind of groggy. Right. Well, but- and and we've also seen in those moments where Eda isn't fully awake, where, what is it, like, her frontal cortex uh-huh. is, isn't fully engaged quite yet. And, yes. Um the logic portion of her brain and uh-huh. so it's just the kind of happy feelings and her yep. seeing him and having that kind of automatic reaction to him yes because in the first episode when he wakes her up on the beach after the party mm-hmm. she does the same, same exact thing. thing yep so this is a recurring situation for her okay so then he wakes up and he's shocked because he's like Oh, I'm holding her. Yeah. And he pulls a so Mr. Cute. Darcy hand flex uh-huh. when he like lets go of her arm and then kind of like flexes his hand uh-huh. like in the 2005 Mr. Darcy or in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice <laughs> when Mr. Darcy like after let's he go ha- and then he's like, Ugh. uh-huh. <laughs> so 
Then he, what does he do though? He, he lays just settles back, back down. Yes, he yep. lays. And he stays just as close. Her eyes open a little bit. She's all smiley. It's like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, these two are going to kill me. I know. And then they just stay all snuggly like that. Yep. So then we pan over to the girls. Mm-hmm. Malo's, you know, sad, says she'll be fine. The girls are worried about her. So Fifi's like, where the heck is Khan? I'm going to destroy him for doing uh-huh. this to her. So she FaceTimes Edda. And yeah. of course, Edda like barely just answers it. And it, yeah. the phone's facing her at first, just her. But she's sleepy as she answers it. So she kind of like her arm moves. And, and Idon walks up and she's like, oh, right? she's still asleep. She doesn't understand what you guys are saying to her. And then who's the, <laughs> right there in the background? Oh, snap. But now, okay, did you see how fast that boy hops up? Like, oh, yeah. You weren't doing anything. Why did you react that way? I know. I know. So, so funny. I love it because he jumps up so fast and Edda is still half asleep and she's like, take care of this i'm tired and like hands him the phone and goes back to sleep and so fifi of course is like where's khan blah 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 mm-hmm. and sarah khan's like why are you there erdem like what is happening right now <laughs> i fair freaks out and i love it because she's like oh are you stopping at the registry to let them know you're married on the way home should we plan a party should we that yeah. like yeah she's like she's like at least stop here so we can congratulate you (laughs) and he just hangs up the phone (laughs) oh man so they get all their stuff together they're leaving and um he she doesn't even want him to drive her home Mm -mm. he's like oh i can't even drive you home great um and then he does another what more do you want Uh uh-huh and he hasn't even apologized. I know. He's so, like, I, what do you want? I don't understand it all. And I love this because he says, I gave up everything for you and traveled all the gardens in Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> like, dramatic, but so dramatic. What a drama queen this and episode. Then, oh, my god! And gosh. then he's like, and then, and then I handcuffed you. What more do you want? And <laughs> listen, want? listen, Sarkhan, if you were asking me, not much more. But <laughs> but Anna deserves more than this. Yes. She at least needs an apology, dude. Yes. And he <gasps> clearly, see, he, huh, he like reminds me of my brother in this way because like, God bless my brother. I love him. And oh, man. But it you have to specifically tell him, like, you cannot imply, you cannot, like, you just need to say, like, if Aaron needs to do something, you just need to say, Aaron, this is what you need to do. Like, and I feel like, Serkan, like, this is very obvious, but you actually need her to tell you, I deserve an apology. Like, because oh, he's like, explain it to me. Explain it to me so that I know. And she's like, no, like, basically, you should know this. Yeah. She's like, you bring me here to ask me to help with an eco-friendly hotel. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, duh. And she doesn't say, you know, fine. I like, I will help you, but not for you, for Melo. Like, she wants to take away from Khan because of what he did to Melo. She's like, mm-hmm. you've got 24 hours. I'm not yep. sure what you think I can do for you in 24 hours, but that's what you've got. Yep. And, and then you'll go your way and I'll go mine. Yep. And he's like, okay, he'll take it because 
yeah. then she and then she does let him drive her home. And mm-hmm. I love too when he was first like, just let me drive you home. And she's like, no, just drop me at the main road. I'll figure it out. And he's like, I can't even drive you anymore. And she's like, I'm sorry. When did Sircon? <laughs> sorry, sorry guys, mic bump. Um, where when did Sircon Bola become a driver, like mm. a chauffeur, basically? And yeah, yep. So, so good. Ada comes home and she ends up explaining what happened and the the leaky roofs and all that, and um, that they talked. But don't worry, everybody, we didn't make up. Well. But before she tells them that, that's when they have this serious conversation in the car because she's like, she says, as he, she's like, um, well, it's over for us now. And he says, for you, don't speak for me. Oh, I forgot about that. And then she said, um, well, I hope you are able to get the eco-friendly hotel, but don't call me again. Hmm. And that's when he says, you really don't want to be with me? And she stops dead in her tracks the way we all did because she's like, wait, what? And then, of course, when she turns around, he says, you know, I mean for the hotel project. And then that's when he finds out Fikret – because Fikret says, we got the project. And – oh, my gosh. Nope. Did you jump ahead? I completely jumped ahead. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You were right. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I mean, that – that does yep. happen. No, my th- well, because my last thing is them getting in the car and then them at the house in her car in the car. So I was like, oh, now they're home from the mountains. Okay. Nope. This was okay. after the whole thing when they proved con. Sorry. Right. Scratch no that, worries. guys. We'll get we'll there. Get, we'll get there in a minute. So carry on. She's explaining <laughs> to the girls that nothing happened. Yeah. Basically, they talked. They didn't make up. Don't worry. Um, we're gonna all help to get con caught mm-hmm. and to get this uh whole situation t- to get the project taken away from him because we also missed when she gets home mm-hmm. and Airdem's tied to the tree because they got so sick of him <laughs> and he's like i think she just has some imaginative fantasies <laughs> <laughs> about fifi and it does like well then you better stay she's like you better stay put then <laughs> And he's like, my queen, can't I have some bread and water? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, damn. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So, yeah. I mean, her aunt isn't buying anything that Ada is selling. No. Because they woke up together. Mm -hmm. But they kind of just end it on that. Nothing else is is really resolved. And Ada kind of just has to say, well, just trust me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) please. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, we didn't make up. Nothing happened. Yeah. So we get a quick, uh, Safi comes to see Serkan. And he has, well, because we did like, uh oh wait wait wait, wait well wait. i i don't i don't tell sercon because sercon's now back home that's and I, right i don't's like what what the heck where have you been like yeah, did you not check on? your voicemail and he's like no i haven't checked your vo- my voicemail and she's like well Celine and fairy are about to break up so you need to go see her and talk to her and he's like he refuses well because he's like i have important things to take care of before that like, listen, dude, if your entire goal was just to get her back, you would drop everything and go run to her and be there for her during this difficult time. Yep. But no, you're finding excuses to not have to go deal with that. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. And even Idon's like, what the heck? Like, yeah. And she says, like, isn't your whole goal so that you can be with her? Like, right. Or is this thing with Edda real? And he, of course, doesn't, doesn't answer. answer. Yeah. Because he's the best avoider of questions in the world. Yes. Um, and, and that's then, when he runs into his dad and Ferit. That's right. And then they end up, because uh, Ferit is asking for Alptikin to back his company. And he's mm-hmm. got his holding ideas that we kind of touched on. Um, Serkan comes as Ferit leaves. And then we get a little pool night with the boys. Mm-hmm. And a fishing night with the girls. I love that they went fishing and it wasn't just like, like a typical girl thing like it was really cute and how I they're loved like it. yelling at the guys who are also fishing they're <laughs> like fishing isn't just for men <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well and i love it too because you know we get all these different perspectives from the guys as they're having pool like what love is and like yep. what women want and of course the same thing with the girls they're talking about men and how simple but stupid they are like <laughs> Yeah. And how and the guys are like women are so complicated and this and that. But I love because Alp Takin at one point basically is like, well, listen, what you need is to be a leader at work, but a lamb at home. Uh-huh. And and Farid's like, yeah, that's what suits me. And Sarah Khan's like, not me. <laughs> well, and he's like, after he says that, so I think Sarah Khan essentially is like, of course it does. Like, of course yeah. it suits you to be a lamb. Uh huh. <laughs> But Angan tells Serkan after he makes his remark, like, it wouldn't hurt you to show your feelings a little. And he says it hasn't helped so far. He's, yeah, yeah. And it's funny to me because I'm like, but you haven't really been showing your feelings. So this is a super clear thing that he and Edda have two very different love languages. Well, and especially we switch over to the girls and Edda says, look for feelings in every gesture Look for something subtle in every word. Mm-hmm. But no, they're all no. <laughs> yeah, but of course not. Men don't listen to what I say. <laughs> so it's, yep. we get that comparison of characters. Yes. Like you said, obviously two very different love languages. So they're going to have to figure out how to communicate with each other uh-huh. so that the other one understands. Yep. Because well, and then like I think it's Ferit who's like first be fr- or someone says first be friends with them, and then Ferit's mm-hmm. like yeah, if you can't live without her, and this is where we get a very parallel between what Ada and Sarah are saying because we pan back to the girls yeah. and Ada says when he looks you in the eyes and says gitme, don't uh-huh. go, and Sarah Khan says she'll look you in the eyes and promise she won't leave. Mm-hmm. Now. It's funny because she obviously wants him to tell her, please don't go. Mm-hmm. He wants her to say, I promise I'm not. I'm not going to go. Yep. So, yeah, like just the whole like, it's funny because it's like you guys are so different, but those parts fit if you would just actually like try. Say it. Yeah, yes. because uh-huh. you, what you want are the literal opposite parts that actually fit together like you want him to tell you not to go and he wants you to say you're gonna stay those two pieces go together so yeah yeah in the end they want the same thing Mm -hmm. and they need to just figure that out yep and so yeah i just like that whole parallel back and forth Mm -hmm. and then their their nights kind of end and then oh do you want to talk about this next scene yes (sighs) 
So you're talking about Safi, right? Mm-hmm. So Safi comes to see Sarkon and he looks up and he's like, oh, what a coincidence. A star has fallen. <laughs> I love him so much. And Sarkon's like, it's not a coincidence. They fall every night. <laughs> he's like, I'm talking so about this. Star that I'm <laughs> talking about a falling star in your life, and that Yilda's. <laughs> He's like, at the same time, she's granted your wish, and you didn't even know it. Oh, uh huh. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" So he says, "Please watch." He sets the little laptop in front of him, and he Sarkon gets to see his mom and the video. With her and Edda, and walking outside, and making such a huge step. Because <laughs> nobody other than Safi so far knows about this. So Sarah Khan is all emotional. He, his eyes are filled with tears. His lip quivers. Uh-huh. Like, Karem did such a good job at this scene. And I feel like especially when you have to do solo scenes like this, like yes. you're not even reacting on someone in front of you to bring those emotions out. Uh, ugh, it was. I know. It was really good. So he goes to find his mom and she's sitting by the pool. She's like, oh, I was restless. You know, I just needed to come out here and um, Mm -hmm. kick my feet in the pool for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And he wraps – he goes in next to her. It's all cute. He takes off his socks and rolls up his pants. And so he tells her, "Um, I saw what you did with Edda. And she is all shocked Mm -hmm. and – I, I didn't get this whole thing, but essentially he's telling her how proud she is, how proud he is of her, and he's like, would you want to try again? Yeah, I love that because he. I think he initially is like, have you tried again? And she says no, and he says, would you like to try with me? Yes. And she's so surprised that he offered. Yeah, and, and of oh. course agrees. She's like, yes, I really, really would. And I love too that when they do it, she doesn't want to be blindfolded this time. Yeah, because he asks her mm-hmm. and she's like, nope, nope, I just want to try. And I want to see it. I want to like see myself do it. Mm-hmm. So they try and she isn't able to. She's She talks about it feels like a, way, a huge weight on her shoulders and she mm-hmm. just can't move forward. And she's all upset and she says, I coped with the florist. There's something so soothing about her that has such a positive effect on a person. I just can't explain it. And he's like, I understand you perfectly. Yeah. My version said that she she was able to do it with the florist girl. Like she's like, I can't explain it because she brings about this peace, but it also pisses me off. <laughs> And I thought that was very fitting for Idon and Sarkon specifically. Right. And then, of course, he's like, no, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he reassures her, you know, mom, I'm here for you no matter what. I'm always going to be here. And then he says, my brother would be so proud of you. Yeah. And poor Idon, like, can't handle that. And she just kind of starts to talk about the garden or something yes she's like we need to switch gears here i can't talk about this and he's like look we really should talk about my brother Mm -hmm. and uh if we talk about him it can be a step forward so she she's like she understands and she agrees that they eventually they should but you can tell that she's not ready to do it right now yeah well i love it because he's like you know, 
whether we like it or not, mom, things are changing. Mm. Like things are changing around us and we need to change with it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And he even suggests like maybe it's time to go back to therapy and try that again. Like Mm -hmm. all these steps. And it's funny because when Safie first brought it up, she was like, no, like no interest in that. Right. to Sercon, she's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Like, so yeah. even she's softening a little more towards the idea of getting help. And, you know, I appreciate that because, again, we didn't want this to be like Edda blindfolds her and does this once and all of a sudden she's cured and can do it. Right. So, like, I feel like it's being handled well mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, she's very excited about this step she took, but there are several more steps to be taken. Yes. Um. Definitely. So I really like that. And then yeah. um, I – gosh, I I wish he would have told her on the phone. Because when Serkan calls her, calls Edda, Edda's on the I roof, know. he's so emotional. Yeah. And he's like – and just even the way he says, can I pick you up tomorrow, please? Like I wanted her to be like, what's wrong? Like because mm-hmm. he doesn't sound like his normal self. Normally he would have been like, well, by the way, since we're back to this agreement for 24 hours, that means I'm picking you up tomorrow. Right. But he asks her uh-huh. and, you know, she says yes, but then, of course, connects it to, like, we might as well do everything by the contract if we've got 24 hours more of this. Right. Um, And I love it because he just kind of sniffs and then hangs up the phone, like, doesn't even yeah. say bye. Well, and you can tell if he keeps talking to her, he's probably going to blurt something out or mm-hmm. he's just going to lose it altogether. So I think he's – feeling emotionally fragile and he knows that he he's got to just hang up yeah and then we get a little shot mm-hmm. of he's still using that particular mug i was just gonna say sarkhan why you keep using that same mug bro mm-hmm. but he does and it's turning red yep turning from black to red so oh he's, i know i mean we all know he's in love so of course whatever. we do <laughs> So the next morning, um, iFair is sharing with Fifi, like, there's some financial troubles. Can you help me look at the books? Mm-hmm. She's basically like, I don't really understand how we got there. Like, investing in your own business should be helping you make a profit and blah, blah, blah. Like, basically, the nursery's having trouble. And yeah. Fifi, Fifi's going to help her figure it out. Um, yeah. They don't want to tell Edda because they don't want to stress her out. Mm-hmm. And so – um, Edda just kind of says good morning to them and she's off to work. Sarkhan's waiting for her. Yeah. And, you know, he says good night in the, fir- you know, when she comes out and he kind of smirks because she says good morning back, but she's just being very like cordial. Yeah. But he smirks, kind of tells her the plan to expose Khan. So we're going to go to this town because I'm almost positive he's ordering all this cheap, you know, harmful chemical stuff. He's not doing it ecologically friendly because he can't even afford to. Right. We just need to prove it. And he says, you know, then we can gain that eco hotel project for us. Mm-hmm. And she and says, like, there is no we. And I love it because he says, if I say so, there is. <laughs> if he's like, and if we do this project together, there will be. So he's he's so into it. Oh, my uh-huh. gosh. She basically is like, clock is ticking. So he laughs and they take off. Um, and then we kind of covered the whole new secretary thing already because mm-hmm. that's what happens next. So and they – everyone, almost everyone, is super thrilled that Edda is back at the office. Yep. And Layla and Ardem are talking about the energy between them. 
<laughs> because they're in the conference room now at this point, seriously yeah. socially distancing themselves. Very much so. They're being very safe, you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> and, and and Celine is totally sulking. She makes some sort of comment about like, what does she say? She something, something about like, like everybody's life is in order but hers. Or yeah. Something. And like how the mountain house must have renewed their love. And Pearl's like, mountain house? Ha- Never mind. I don't even want to know. Please don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Angin, he comes in and he's so happy when he sees her. He's like, Anna Jim, tell me, how did he apologize to you? <laughs> Did he get on his knees? Did he this? Did he that? And Serkan's like, we're not made up. We're just working together on this for work. And Angen looks at Edda like, are you serious? And she's uh-huh. like, Angen, did you really expect anything more? She's like, why are you so surprised, honestly? Mm-hmm. And I love it because he's like, you know what? I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to see him outside of work anymore either. Like, (laughs) I've made a decision. And I love it because she's like, that's very logical, (laughs) Angan. So good. So, uh, oh, that's right. We talked about Perel and Angan and coffee and secretary interviews. So we get an interesting thing with, uh, we kind of just get Ada and Serkan figuring out and getting the proof that they need that Khan yes is being sketchy and that he's using bad products and not ecological ones when he should be um yes found their proof yeah they found the proof they even go investigate the land after that that it's going to be built on mm. and that's when she sees the warehouse and she's like maybe you should have you know secret bay check through that warehouse too it's probably filled with all the wrong stuff and that'll that'll right. also be the proof he needs that's right. So he um, calls Fikret Bay to just say, like, hey, you might want to have this warehouse checked out on the property. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Edda says something about, like, oh, here we are looking at empty land again. And they and kind of have dreams. an empty dreams. And I said it's like this double talk because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, do you have any of this? What Sarah Khan says? I do. Okay. Yeah. Because he says architecture is built on dreams. He says, you'll dream and then you'll think. Maybe it will work. Maybe it won't work. It may, it may not. And she's like, okay, well, our case is over and I'm leaving. And he says, we still have 15 hours. Look at him. I know. So she says, fine, count the hours that I spent with you in the house last night. He says, what's your problem? Oh, my gosh. That's not the right thing to say, Sir Khan. Dude. Like, really, there's, there's nothing worse you could have said to this girl right now. And she says, I want to go home. He's like, I'm not asking that. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. And finally, it's we're out with it. Because she says, go ahead. Well, because well, she says, you're such a robot mm-hmm. that you don't even understand the smallest of my desires. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, if you tell me, I'll understand. She's like, I already told you I want to go home. Mm-hmm. To home. Yep. <laughs> he says, you stuck to this house? Okay, fine. We'll leave. Okay. And here's where it is. I'm sorry. Yes. So, no, you're right. he drives her home. And yeah. this is where we jumped ahead. And this is where I totally jumped ahead. Sorry, <laughs> you guys. And that's when she says, well, now it's finally over for us. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, well, for you, don't speak for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that because he's clearly so determined as much as he is stupid for not realizing he just needs to not just say sorry, but be sorry. Um, but she's like, so I hope you get your hands on the eco-friendly hotel job and please don't call me again. She gets out of the car mm-hmm. and he is behind her at this point and says, you really don't want to be with me? And that's when she stops because they're not facing each other. He's behind her. So she gets this very emotional look on her face. But then, of course, he clarifies by saying that is in this hotel project. And he's like, Fikrit Bay just answered, we got the project. And she just tells him, congratulations. Yeah. And he's like, aren't you happy? And she kind of closes her eyes. She's upset. And she's like, it's not even about that. And he says, then what are we talking about? I really don't understand. And part of me feels bad for him because I'm like, right. you're, you're so dense. But then the other part of me doesn't feel bad because I'm like, you're so dense. And like, right. Engen has told you already. Uh huh. So she says, what else don't you understand? What is e- incomprehensible about this? What can we possibly talk about? It's you. See, Edna doesn't understand the paradox either. <laughs> we're we're all like, what's wrong with you? And Edna's like, what's wrong with you? Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like, work has never been a problem for me. Like doing this job, that's not it. The problem is you in your negligence, in your cruelty. The problem is your insensitivity. But what else should I expect from you? All I expected was an apology. A small apology. I was waiting for you to say, Edda, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. But you didn't because you're not sorry at all, Serkan. It doesn't even bother you. Therefore, we have nothing more to talk about. And she turns around and goes in the house. And the thing is, she's 100% right. She is. But I mean, at least now she has fully spelled it out for him. Yes. There can be no question anymore about what he needs to do to make the situation right. Yep. And I appreciated that because it's like, okay, maybe it is a situation where she's just going to have to say, hey, this is what I need from you. <laughs> Let me give you a bullet point list. Right. Just like the contract that we made. Because he wants to make it up to her Uh huh. versus her not wanting it made up for, she just wants him to acknowledge that he was wrong. Exactly. And here's the thing. As someone who hates admitting when she's wrong, like, gosh, when I was a kid, I mean, I'd like to think I'm better about it now, but like, I still will catch myself, like, even with Jason when he's like, okay, but why can't you just say you were wrong about that? And I'm like, well, because X, Y, and Z. And he's like, but why do you need to justify, like, you don't need to justify it. Like, why can't you just say this was wrong? So I, I get the whole, like, wanting to justify the way you acted, especially once you realize it was wrong. Like, okay, well, there has to be a reason that I acted that way. Right. You know, so I get it. And like, it's funny because having to come up with a justification or a reason why you acted that way and all that can be a heck of a lot more work than just saying, you're right. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So part of me relates to him. Right. But then the other part of me, though, is like, it's so simple. Like I know. <laughs> I know. It's hard. And I don't think anybody likes to admit when they're wrong. Right. So I, <laughs> it's, yeah. I think we can all empathize with Sircon with that whole situation. Yeah. So now we have bro time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because um, Engen is 
spilling about the girls. He's like, I don't know what's going on. These girls are confusing me. And he essentially notices that Sircon isn't listening. Because he's just agreeing with everything Angan says, which is never normal. (laughs) Right. And so he is like, okay, what's going on? What are you doing? And Sircon explains that he's trying to write an apology email. Email. (laughs) And thank God he has Angan, because at least Angan understands, bro. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. you You can't do it over an email. It doesn't work that way. And Sercon's like, well, if your buddy Jaren has a different idea, then I'm ready to listen to her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Igan's like, brother, you insult me. <laughs> He's like, I can help you with this. Because now you have a friend in front of you whose life is full of mistakes. <laughs> I love it. And I'm it. second to none in making apologies. She's like, okay, listen, here's what you want to do. The person who you want to apologize to has to be in front of you. That means face to face. And Sircon's like, face to face. (laughs) Yeah, face her anger. Exactly. What a little coward. He's all, I don't think so. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And he's like, come on. The cause of this anger, you have to face this situation and nothing can be done about it. He's like, maybe a little gift. For example, a diamond. And Sircon. Thank God. At least he knows this. He knows her very well. If she were a girl like Celine, no doubt a diamond would do very well. Mm -hmm. But he knows that a diamond wouldn't mean anything to her. Right. So he's like, no, Edda doesn't like that stuff. She likes something more modest and simple. I don't know. And then he has a revelation because he says, for example, flowers. And that is the choice that he makes. Right. He's like all proud of himself. Like, yes, flowers, flowers. I do love that Engen's like, she's literally surrounded by them every day, though. Like, you really think this is the thing to do? It's like, are you sure? And he's like, well, I guess at least flowers are better than an email. <laughs> so Sarkhan wanders over to the nursery mm-hmm. and Ifer's like, oh, hi, what are you doing here? It does not hear. She won't be home for a long time. She's out on an adventure. <laughs> and he's like, that's okay. I'm here to see you. And she's like, really? And he's like, I want to send Ida flowers. And she's like, mm-hmm. really? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, what do you want to send? And he's like, well, what does Ida like? And I love it because she's like, it's not about really what Ida likes. What do you like? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know, something nice, something this, like maybe like what you're do working on right here. And it's these terrariums. Mm-hmm. And I love it because she's like, well, as a rule of thumb, I don't prepare pieces for family members. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you're going to have to do it. And he's like, me? Like, and she's like, yes, I'll be here with you, but you need to do it because it needs to basically come from your heart. Yeah. And I loved that because I was like, okay, because obviously the gesture of him making the arrangement is what's going to speak to Ada more than the fact that he sent her flowers. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Do you want to talk about your terrarium stuff? Yeah, yeah. So um, so we might have some similarities with uh, Susie. Okay. Sorry. Let me find it. That's okay. So I – the ones I was able to identify, mm-hmm. those are the flowers that I searched for. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find uh, those little ones that look like little bells. Uh Uh-huh. Those are... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. 
Is it Lily of the Valley? Yes. At least okay. if if it's not, you and Susie both agreed on that at least. So. There it is. Yes. <laughs> I, I have my screenshot and I couldn't find the name of the flower on my screenshot. <laughs> I was like, where is it? Yes. So um, some of the stuff I found is that it's traditionally a very expensive bridal bouquet flower. Oh. Uh-huh. In many European countries. And um, even... I guess Kate Middleton used it in her bouquet mm-hmm. to the mar- to when she married Prince William. Okay. Um, it's Finland's national flower. It's the birth flower for May. One interesting thing, I guess I didn't look up too much about its actual meaning, but one interesting thing is that it's incredibly toxic. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. So I was like, okay, I don't know if this is in – something that's going to be symbolic at all Mm -hmm. because it's beautiful but it can't be ingested by any animals and it's a really big deal because it's super super toxic so i thought that was interesting yeah um it and lily of valley means um return to happiness okay so anyways keep going there we go Mm -hmm. uh the next one that i found is about cacti because obviously there are cacti there's a little red cactus in there mm-hmm. which and, p.s i have one of those there's uh-huh. no way sarkon was touching that with his bare hands they have prickly little pokers all over them and they do not feel good so anyways <laughs> unless he really is a robot like <laughs> well maybe he was able to avoid it as he was uh, sticking all the stuff in there who knows but um, I loved this because cacti are strong, enduring, and tough. Mm. They've survived a long way and found a way to grow in barren desert wastelands that get very little rain. So they've come to represent endurance, tenacity, and strength, which we know how strong Eda is. And we know that in the face of adversity, like these little cacti, she survives even when it seems impossible. Mm-hmm. Um. If someone gives you a cactus plant, they think you are a resilient fighter. They've seen everything you've gone through, and they think that you're a tough, strong survivor. They also care about you. Mm-hmm. And North Native American cultures believe that the cactus represents warmth, protection, and motherly love. We don't have to talk about the motherly love part, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Susie wrote enduring and timeless love. So, I mean, that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> And if someone gives you a cactus, they also probably care about you. So another Native American culture believes that the cactus represents warmth. Oh, I already said that. Uh, Because they survive in harsh conditions, they've become a symbol of unconditional love. And that this person, if they, another potential meaning, if Mm -hmm. they give you a cactus, is that they want to protect you. Someone who gives you a cactus, uh, oh, I guess in feng shui, Mm-hmm. If you put a, a cactus on your terrace or windowsill, it's believed mm-hmm. to protect you from negative energy and misfortune. Wow. Which, yeah. you know, he kind of has covered that because he's like, while you're with me, you're not going to get sick. You're going to be safe while you drive. Like, so he does want to protect her. Yep. Yep. Dang. And then the final one. So cactus has a lot of meaning, apparently. Um, assigning meaning to flowers is an ancient art in Japan called hana hana kotoba Hmm. and apparently it's not as popular today but it used to be taken pretty seriously and presenting flowers to someone wasn't something you did lightly 
Every flower had a meaning and sent a clear, wordless message. In this tradition, the cactus is associated with lust. So if you gave somebody a cactus, you're essentially giving them a love letter. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that would explain why some cacti are fairly phallic-shaped. <laughs> if it's Could associated be. with love, lust. I mean. And then the last one was a succulent that I looked up. Okay. And succulents in, symbolize enduring and timeless love because they're very tenacious plants that store water in their thick leaves and stems. They offer us a positive example by conserving water and flourishing in very difficult circumstances, Mm. reminding us that we are stronger than we realize, and even the most arduous situations are not at the end of the line. Dang. mm -hmm. Love that. Well, I'm glad you did a deep dive, and thank you, Susie, for giving us insight as well. Um, let's see. Yeah. And then I love too, I kind of, I love that you did all this like research on what's inside of it because then I love what iFair says about the terrarium itself, about Mm. how like these items live in harmony. It's about them finding their common grounds and characteristics, not what makes them different. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that because of course he's like, well, what does that mean? Common, like, like what? And she's like, well, you know, look at they have to be content with very little because they're just in this tiny little world. Mm-hmm. They need to breathe together, be able to stand and grow side by side. It's difficult, yes, but it is possible. Yeah. And I love that. I put hashtag life lessons with iFair. <laughs> Seriously. And then I love it because she tells him it's your world because he's like, can I put this in? And she's like, yeah, it's your world. You put into it what you want. Mm-hmm. And that I, I just liked that because obviously that felt like it had more meaning than just that of the terrarium. Totally. Um, and then, of course, she's like, okay, you finished. Bravo. Like, now you just need to write a note. And then they have this whole note, <laughs> note, note, note. And he's like, well, I usually have my assistant Layla write those. And she's like, well, not this time. So yeah. I'll leave I'll leave you to it. So good. So, so he's, Ada yeah. is back. And um, she – is talking to Ifair and Ifair's like, you got flowers. She's like, what do you mean I got flowers? She's like, yep, you got flowers from Sarakon and you chose them yourself. I'm sorry, and he chose them himself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let me tell you, he's really talented. <laughs> if that holding falls through, he can work here. Part of me is like, please don't let that be an ominous like foreshadowing. I know, I hope not. So uh, she's like, okay, it's right over here. And she's like, gets all emotional. And she's she's like, I'm going to leave you to it. Yeah. And she, Edda starts looking through it. She opens the card. And what does it say? This is so Sarkon because it's so short and simple. Mm-hmm. But it says so much. It really does. So it says, fairy, can you forgive me? Yes, Perry, because a fairy girl, will you forgive me? So cute. I love that. And you know what? It's funny because, you know, obviously we've now seen the fairy thing come up a couple times. It seemed like just a throwaway thing in the first episode, like when he was just trying to come up with a name for her. Right. Because he didn't know her name yet. But then, of course, you know, uh, two episodes ago when he says, I thought fairies didn't need inspiration. And then now when he's calling her fairy girl. So I love that it's like kind of becoming this thing or it has been this thing. We just didn't realize it. 
Yep. So, of course, the next scene, she shows up at the at the uh, company and she goes to him and he says, you came. And she says, uh-huh. I came. And then I love it because he says, and you'll stay. And she says, I'll stay. Now, this. <laughs> and then he says, so's. Yeah. Pr- like, do promise? you promise? And she says, I promise. And I said, I like, oh, I said, my gosh. Well, and it throws back to what they both were looking for yep. when at girls night, guys night. Mm-hmm. So I love it. But then, of course, she's like, but, you know, we'll be professional this time. We're going to finish this contract out professionally. You had it right the first time. We need to be distant, et cetera, et cetera. And it's funny because he's like, yeah, exactly how I wanted it. Like, yeah, I he's think he's smiling. I think he's just so happy she's back. Like, it's almost like, fine, I'll take it because we can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of him is probably thinking, oh, sure, whatever you say, but we know exactly how this went the first time around, and I'm pretty sure we're not going to be sticking to the contract this time around as well. No, but I love it too because he says, okay, but I'm bringing you back here to work as a landscape architect, so I'm going to expect more from you professionally. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that too because she's so happy about it. And then I love it because then he says, Boo da da by the way. Mm-hmm. And how convenient. He's just probably been carrying that ring around on his person this entire time. Because he whips it right out of his pocket, slides it on her finger, mm-hmm. and their faces are all close and they're getting oh all snoogly eyed with each other. <sighs> and okay, so even though Celine and Ferit walk in right now and ruin the moment, do you notice he grasps her hand even more tightly when they walk in when they walk in and he's like thumbing over her hand and ring like so something i'm interested about that because that was very intentional and Mm -hmm. it almost looked like he was hiding her ring hand Uh uh-huh so i'm like why would he do that Mm -hmm. because is he trying to keep it from them immediately that they are back together that Mm -hmm. they have reconciled is he thinking that them knowing it's just interesting to me because obviously he doesn't know what they're about to say but he is specifically uh guarding yeah her hand well and what's funny to me about that is she's facing him so it doesn't even seem like he was doing it for the benefit of Celine and Ferry because they can't see her hand right now. Like, oh, that's true. Edda's facing Serkan. So it, it, but it, I agree that it did feel protective in like mm-hmm. some symbolic way. Like, I don't know, like protective and like maybe a little possessive. Maybe it was subconscious. Him yeah. just like grabbing her and, mm-hmm. and like having his hand on her ring hand. Who? Subconscious for Serkan or subconscious for Karim? <laughs> <laughs> leave that up to the fans <laughs> <laughs> but so, we know that Celine and Fairy come in they are like we made a decision we're getting married in a week end of episode done done yeah. done but who yeah. cares because Ada and Sarah Connor back together <laughs> yes now again and I'll say and I'll be more careful because again Ashley for whatever weird reason has decided she does not want okay she's oh, I saw ahead. the first two fragments okay I so, didn't watch the third all right, then I, I'll still be careful. But 
I love, this is the first time we've gotten three fragments in a long time. We got them with the first few episodes, but I feel like that always happens because they're trying to build hype and keep an audience, you know. Um, But two seems to be the norm. Well, they gave us three this week. And this is how fragments need to be done. Because from what we can tell, it doesn't seem like any of them gave us the ending. Hmm. Um, Because that's one of our biggest complaints always is when they spoil the endings. Um, And they kind of stopped doing that a couple weeks ago. Now, in this one, it's crazy because they're like these perfect teasers. Yet, after watching all three of them, I still have no clue what to expect. Ooh, that's good. That's very good. So I feel like, yeah, they're, you know. Um, anyhow, so, uh-oh, Ashley's laughing. Because <laughs> my, my computer is dying. All right, guys. So, Ashley, if she disappears, you'll know why. Um, so, anyhow, that's our episode. We should probably wrap up pretty quickly before she disappears. I don't know. It's I'm watching her on this video screen right now, and <laughs> she's like, it's very stressful. So, anyhow, um, all that to be said, that was our episode. We've gone over two hours. Let us know what you think, how you felt about it. Um, did we miss anything? Do you have differing theories? All that good stuff. You know where to find us all over social media. I'll have that linked in the episode notes. We love you guys very much. Um, and I'm going to wrap this up before her battery fully dies. So sorry for the quick ending, but we will be back later with Bayonlish. And until next time, host Chakal, and I'll say good or shoot for Ashley because I cannot hear her anymore. Ha <laughs> ha